Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Do you have a plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners. What a week this has been. Talk about Mother Nature getting angry and yelling back at all of us. Hurricanes, 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 both in, uh, well, Texas, Louisiana, the Caribbean, Florida, and now my engineer Matt and Aaron tell us that there's one happening in the Gulf of Mexico. So our hearts go out to all of them. I want to tell you that Be The Star You Are is doing Operation Disaster Relief. And if you would like information or to help out, go to bethestarur.org. We've been um, packing books and resources to send. Once everybody has food and shelter and clothing and medical attention, and that's when Be The Star You Are goes in with some resources to offer some hope, inspiration, and hopefully some entertainment to get your minds off of this horrible disaster. So, Again, consider making a donation. Go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Well, we have a very, very, very fun show coming up for you here today. In our third segment, we're just going to move backwards here. In our third segment, we're going to have an author who has been on our teen show, but this will be her debut on Star Style, Be The Star You Are. Kala Devlin has a brand new book, Right Where You Left Me. And I really loved it because it is really about truth in journalism and the the uh, the fra- fragility of families and how important families are. And I also love it because it's set in San Francisco. And, of course, she is a former San Franciscan. So that's going to be really fun. So right where you left me will be coming up in segment three. And uh, this is... Um, this book list calls it a provoking examination of familial love, so I think it's terrific. In segment two, we're going to talk about optimism, because no matter who you are or where you're from, you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have challenges in your life, and it's not what happens to us that decides our character, it is how we respond to events and circumstances. So are you an optimist or are you a pessimist? You have a choice, and I'm going to hopefully lead you to the light. Uh, 
But uh, right now, we're going to be talking about the importance of vacation time. So first of all, the miracle moment is brought to you by Be The Star You Are that is mobilized with Operation Disaster Relief for all the different hurricanes now that are happening here in the United States. This is by author and speaker Jim Rohn, who was a guest a couple of times on our show. And his quote is, I find it fascinating that most people plan their vacations with better care than they plan their lives. Perhaps that's because escape is easier than change. Think about it, right? That's fitting right into our optimist and our pessimist. Again, the website for Be The Star You Are is bethestaryouare.org. And you are listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I'll be your host for the show, as I am every Wednesday, coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. So sit back and let's enjoy this show. Well, let's talk about vacation breaks. In 2016, American workers left 662 million vacation days that were unused, and that was according to a report by Project Time Off. And I really wanted to talk about the importance of taking breaks and vacations today because, of course, we've just celebrated Labor Day, which, uh, you know, hopefully people had off. I actually labored on Labor Day. My been working on my new books, uh, Both Be the Star You Are for Millennials and The Final Proof of Growing with the Goddess Gardener, which I just got today in the mail, and it looks great. And so I've given the okay to my agent to go ahead with it. So I will have books. So if you're interested in getting a copy of Growing with the Goddess Gardener. Now, this particular book is the one that has black and white interior. I'm still waiting for prices on what the color interior will look like, although I saw that today, and it looks gorgeous, but I don't know what the prices are. But for right now, you can you can order Growing uh, with the Goddess Gardener at CynthiaBryan.com or StarStyleRadio.com and go to the store. So that made me think of breaks because I didn't take a break this um, this past weekend. But normally when it's a holiday, I make a, a definite plan to do it because it is so important for our health. It's really easy to forget that feeling as a working adult, you know, when you have such heavy workloads as I did this past weekend. And stress kind of, you know, just threatens to eat into your uh, vacation days. So some people who are owed a minimum number of vacation days a year, they just don't take them. Now, I am um, an entrepreneur, self-employed, so I don't get vacation days. It doesn't matter what I'm writing or what I'm doing. Nobody pays me to take a vacation. So it really is up to me to uh, work hard as, as long as I can and then take the days off when I really need them. But when people don't take vacations because they're worried about falling behind in their work uh, or some people are worried uh, that they're going to lose edge on the competition for promotions, but that reasoning is really flawed uh, in, in the workforce. And the reason behind that is research is indicating that not only are vacations good for you, but they also increase your productivity. They um, it, they make you better in the workplace and they actually 
enhance your career. And a lot of it has to do with because you feel so good when you take a break. I know for myself that when I plan a holiday, especially if it's one that's like a week long or 10 days long, you know, one of those yearly main holiday things, that while I'm on the airplane or while I'm driving, I'm usually still working. And it takes me a while to get into vacation mode. And I think that's true for many people. It just takes a little bit of time. And then once you're in it, you're there and you breathe a sigh of relief and you go, ah, that is so, that feels so good. So vacations, they have the potential to break your stress level. And how they do that is they actually break into that cycle. So we emerge from a successful vacation. We feel ready to take on the world again. We gain perspectives on our problems. We can get relaxed with family and with friends. And sometimes we we meet new uh, people that become our friends. And more than anything, it's a break from our usual routines. Now, that, of course, is if your vacation is successful. Uh, we can talk about some ways to guarantee that you do have a successful vacation experience rather than one that could be chronicled like if you ever saw a National Lampoon movie. It was really funny, but it was that vacation from hell. Now, let's look at some of the evidence. In a 2009 study, Canadian researchers reported that active leisure pursuits, for example, golf or tennis or snow skiing, and taking vacations help to buffer or ameliorate the job stress among a sample of almost 900 lawyers. Now, when we're talking about lawyers, we know that they have a lot of stress. Then there were British researchers that they noticed that vacations and um, personal benefits have been found to include rest and recuperation from work, a provision of new experiences that leads to a broadening of horizons and the opportunity for learning and inter, uh, you know, intercultural communication. So you've seen some of these kinds of vacations where you actually go and you, you build um, a school in Africa or you help create a running water in Mexico. And these kinds of vacations Although you're actually working, they promote peace, they promote understanding, they really ignite personal and social development, and of course, uh, they could be part of a religious pilgrimage, but they definitely enhance your health. And well-being, of course, is a subjective uh, word that can be used in different ways depending on who you're saying it. But the positive benefits of going on some kind of retreat or vacation that actually is bringing joy to other people is recommended because it is, uh, it's actually giving a vacation to the people that you are serving as well. So part of taking a vacation extends to family relationships. Now, not all vacations have to be a week or 10 days. It's really great just to take those two or, you know, that, that, that weekend or like we just had, many people had a three-day weekend. And if you can get three days every once in a while, that really will lead to less stress and some good rest and relaxation and a little bit more of pumping up your energy that will contribute positively to 
family bonding, communication, solidarity with friends. We promote what is called a shared experience when you have friends or family that are doing it with you. And what that fosters is a growing and enduring connection. I know so often, you know, you say that distance makes the heart grow fonder. Well, sometimes distance doesn't make the heart grow fonder. And so what people need, and families especially, is you need shared family memories. Actually, time spent together, isolated from ordinary, everyday activities, which include school, work, you know, uh, household chores, gardening, taking care of animals, carpooling, going shopping, whatever that is that has to do with your daily activities. And if you can just be together as family or friends, it promotes that positive tie. Now, of course, in every family, they can there can be their own, uh, a family vacation could be stressful. And sometimes the risks are, are they going to outweigh the benefits or vice versa. But even if families aren't particularly close, there's usually something that you can find that will make you um, have a good trip together. A couple of those are if you book something that's all-inclusive. For example, what's really popular these days are going on cruises, whether it is a river cruise or an ocean cruise. So many ocean cruises are very, very inexpensive these days. Some of them are anywhere from $35 to $50 a day. And, of course, that's not including alcohol, but it does include your food and onboard activities and, you know, um, the ship and your accommodations and going from port to port. So when you consider that, that's a very inexpensive vacation where you can just say, hey, we'll all meet for dinner or we'll meet for lunch or we'll meet at the pool, you know, for a drink at four and then people get to do their own thing. So you're in different rooms. You're not having to be cloistered together. So hopefully the fighting won't be there, but you can still be there as a family. Now, Vacations are known to make us happier, and it may be obvious uh, to say that, but it can be easy to forget in the face of our heavy workloads when going on a vacation seems like just another task on your to-do list. But we have found, and uh, statistics show this, that taking a vacation that when workers return to work, they are less tense. And they're usually in a better mood and they have a higher energy level. And better yet, people who come back from vacations seem to be just more satisfied with their lives in general when they return. And doesn't a calmer, energized, happier you or more satisfied, de-stressed employee sound like a good outcome? I, you might remember that a couple of, uh, not a couple, it was a year and a half ago, that I had been on a vacation for 10 days in Hawaii and it was fabulous and I came back all relaxed to open my door and my ceiling was raining. I had had a major leak from a toilet from upstairs that completely demolished, came through the ceiling, flooded the downstairs, ruined the upstairs and it was nine months of reconstruction and nine months of no walls and fans and plastic and it was horrible. And the interesting thing about that experience is, for me, had I not been on vacation and come back so relaxed, I don't think I would have handled it as brilliantly as I did in that situation. Not that anybody really handles all that all that well, but I really wasn't 
I wasn't freaked out. I just felt, okay, it's only stuff. It's going to be taken care of. But had it happened while I was in my work mode, I think I would have been really strained. And I would have put a lot more strain on my body, probably risking some ill health along with it. So a vacation offers a chance for your body to turn off that stress system, to recuperate, to repair. And people who are on holiday immediately feel healthier. They have less physical complaints and they even have a reduction in their cholesterol levels on their return. Now, we know now that vacations are good for the individual, but are they good for the workplace? So for all the employers out there, research seems to say yes, because employees who take a vacation have lower levels of job stress and burnout. They also have lower levels of absenteeism for reasons that are other than ill health after employees have taken a vacation compared to before. And employees who have had a vacation see the tasks they have to complete as part of their job as less effort, you know, and compared to when they took the time off. So it indicates the benefits of spending time away from work. And there is an important catch to remember if you want to see the benefits. A vacation should not just involve time spent out of the office, but time off work as well. Because especially American workers, uh, 61% admitted that while they were on vacation, and this will absolutely negate some of the good effects of it, that they worked. They were on their phones. They were doing business deals. They were doing uh, emails. And just remember that if you do that on a vacation, you're going to have a higher level of exhaustion and you will feel disengaged from your vacation and disengaged actually from work. So if you feel that your holiday is really recuperative, you are going to experience enhanced effects when you get back to work and to home. You'll be happier, more satisfied with your life, and it doesn't matter really what the workload or what it is that you are going to be uh, returning to. So I think all of this shows it's not enough to leave the office. You need to switch off when you take the time off. So if you're like me and it takes you a little bit of time to switch off, if you're taking a plane or you're driving in the car, just allot yourself a certain number of hours and say, okay, I'm going to finish this. And when I'm done, I'm turning my computer off or I'm, you know, getting my, I'm turning it off. And then now I'm on vacation. So I actually have to tell myself I'm on vacation and then I can digitally detox So you don't want to feel guilty about taking time off because you're entitled to it. And when vacations are important for a healthier you, a happier office, and a more productive workplace. So um, there's also something to be said for taking a staycation. If you don't want to venture, venture too far, and especially now with all hurricanes happening everywhere, you may want to just stay home, but just make sure you benefit from it and you don't work while you're home. So a few things that you'd want to do is plan ahead. So if you're going to go away somewhere, plan your destination, find out about the places, what's the ideal beach, the mountain, the museum, the park, whatever it is, you know, the camping spot. So that you, once you get there, you know what you want to do. You want to go bungee jumping. You want to just go out to restaurants. You want to go snowmobiling. And then know the rules and regulations of airlines if you're flying, because you know that it's always changing. So... You don't want to uh, just decide you're going to have no checked bags or you're going to check a bag and then find out it's a cost of fortune to do it. Or like Spirit Airlines took a big, um, oh, a big hit 
recently because they were charging for carry-on bag, your one carry-on bag. So I don't think they're doing it now, but you just have to check ahead. Again, leave the guilt at home. Uh, Do plan to have all your animals taken care of and your garden taken care of and maybe turn off your outside waters or I turn off my inside waters now too because I do not want another leak. (laughs) And, uh, And just remember that this time is for you and if you're going to check your emails just make it maybe one time a day that you're going to go to an internet cafe or check your laptop but make it an adventure too I know a lot of people just want to go and you know hang on the cruise ship or or lay by the beach but do something that is exciting that you're really going to remember like I always, if I'm ever in a jungle area, I'm always going zip lining. I love it. I always want to go uh, snorkeling or scuba diving. And then the practical stuff is, you know, you want to have your Ziploc bags. You don't want to carry too much cast. You want you want to make a copy of your passport if you're going out of the country. And always check your hotel drawers and safes for all of your belongings and wallets. And don't forget your cell phone charger. That's the number one thing that is le- you know, is left behind. So make sure to have all of your cords and that should kind of take care of it. The best thing is to remember you're going, you're going to take a vacation. So now plan now for next year. They say that um, airline prices are cheapest around three months out for certain places to go and uh, six months out for some international flights. So Check it out and see where you want to next go on your next relaxation and rejuvenation time away from work. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. 
Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste, and Freshly delivers to my home and my office, so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAE639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save $20 today with coupon code VAE639 at Freshly.com. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, thank you so much for staying here with us on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, and we're going to talk about the gift of optimism. As I said at the top of the hour, I'm working on the third book in the Be the Star You Are series. It's Be the Star You Are for Millennials. I have 30 millennials who have written chapters. It's really a it's a terrific book, and I've written a chapter called uh, The Gift of Optimism because I look at optimism as a gift. I believe we all need to embrace and encourage it, and it definitely is a choice. So in the spirit of empowering you with optimism, I thought I would share a few of the thoughts from this new book that are on the topic because during this time when nature is really, really um, – Showing us its brutal force, I think that we all need a little bit of optimism and hope to keep us going. So this is the gift of optimism from the new book, Be the Star You Are for Millennials. It had been a tragic and traumatic 18 months. My house flooded while I was on vacation with family. Both my sister and my mother died within three months of one another. My husband underwent radiation therapy for cancer, and I endured spinal surgery after a serious back injury. But despite the sadness and the challenges, I found myself extremely optimistic. It is amazing what happens when you decide to look at life with rose-colored glasses. Through all of the turmoil, I focused on the positive and was determined to find the rainbow after the rain. Although there were bumps in the road working with our home insurance company and the reconstruction of our interiors entailed over nine months, the end result was that the adjusters and the company helped us feel whole again. The contractor I hired became a trusted friend and a devoted donor to Be The Star You Are charity. My sister's two daughters and their families are thriving and have opened an online boutique to honor their mother called Cowboy Nani. My husband is doing well and working after his therapy, and my spinal spinal surgery was a success. I am once again as energetic and as active as before. Now, as for my mother, she is a legend and forever immortalized in TV history. For 30 years, my mom had religiously watched the TV game show Wheel of Fortune. As most devoted viewers probably do, she felt a personal connection with Pat Sajak and Vanna White. And it was her greatest desire to meet them, meet them both, although the odds were stacked against that reality. 
Friends and family knew not to call my mom weekdays during the half hour when the program aired, or they get this curt answer. Sorry, I cannot talk right now because I'm watching Wheel of Fortune. Call back later. Well, one of the top items on her bucket list for three decades had been to visit the set as part of the audience. But living on a ranch in Northern California without any ties to the show, she was certain that that meeting her idols was one bucket list item that would never be crossed out. But lucky for her, my son-in-law was a contestant on the program and invited her to be one of his four special guests. When he won... I asked the producer if it would be possible for my mom to get a photo with Pat and Vanna as a memento. And the next thing I knew, Pat came up to me and asked, do you think your mom would want to play Vanna for the ending of our show? And of course, I excitedly retorted, play Vanna. She thinks she is Vanna. And as they say, the rest is history. So just four months before her death, the program aired with my mom standing on the stage of Wheel of Fortune, holding hands with Pat Sajak as he referred to her as Vanna. It was the first and only time in the history of the program that anyone other than Vanna had waved bye-bye. Bucket list accomplished. No matter who you are or where you come from, you will have setbacks and challenges in your life. It is not what happens to us that decides our character. It's how we respond to events and circumstances. Many studies have shown that those who are positive and have an optimistic outlook on life are less stressed and experience happier moments. And more importantly, optimists tend to be healthier and recover from illnesses more rapidly. Longevity tends to tilt towards people with optimistic outlooks. One of my favorite studies was that of the healthy baseball Hall of Famers who played between 1900 and 1950. Who lived the longest? Yes, the optimists and the positive players won the game of longevity. So we have choices in life. We can be optimistic. We can be pessimistic. We can see our glasses as half filled. We can see them as half emptied. Many pessimists will insist that they are realists, but I disagree. Reality is what we believe to be true, and I choose to believe that I am the captain of my ship. We can't control all our outcomes, but we can always find a positive spin to every situation. Optimists believe that despite what's going on, good times and great results are on the horizon. A story that I've often retold in my lectures to demonstrate the differences between being optimistic and pessimistic is the following. Two young boys are required to clean the manure from two different stalls. The boy in the first stall becomes angry and despondent over the amount of shoveling. The boy in the second stall is happy and singing. And when asked why he is so jealous, well, he responds, Hey, well, with all this manure, there has to be a pony in there somewhere. So choose to see the ponies of your life, and you are guaranteed more bliss despite any tragedies or disappointments. So the next time you're facing a terrorizing glacial stumbling block in your life, take a breath. Stop and look and listen. What choice can you make that would turn this challenge into a stepping stone? Are you looking on the dark side of the moon? Why not try a sunnier outlook? Put a smile on your face and start digging the dung. There may be a pony hidden in plain sight. Everything doesn't always go as we plan, but sometimes a different path may appear, resulting in an auspicious outcome that we could have never imagined. So find the light at the end of the tunnel, have fun, make your dreams come true, and be an optimist. 
And as one of my favorite comedians said, one of the things I learned the hard way was that it doesn't pay to get discouraged. Keeping busy and making optimism a way of life can restore your faith in yourself. And that's Lucille Ball. And when we come back from break, we're going to have our author, Caleb Devlin, with us with her new book, Right Where You Left Me. Stay with me. You're listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and there's lots more to come. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Be the star you are The star you are The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Be the star you are. Org. Dare to care. You are the star. Life is complicated, and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session, or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists, and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We can all use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash empowerment and register for free. Try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get BetterHelp today at BetterHelp.com forward slash empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out to me. Well, the party is really starting now because our special guest, author Calla Devlin, has just joined us and she is here with her new book, Right Where You Left Me. You probably remember her if you're a fan of Express Yourself Teen Radio. She was on the show back around Mother's Day with Tell Me Something Real. And that was about a mother-daughter relationship or sisters and family too. But this one is more mother-daughter journalism and it is really incredible. So let's welcome her to the show. Kala, hello. Welcome hello, to Star Style. Thank you, thank you so you much are. for having me on. Well, I'm really excited because 
Um, first of all, your topic is journalism. It is really a homage to the brave journalists and how appropriate it is. Um, unfortunately, I'm very sad about all the hurricanes that are happening in our country right now and all this devastation that's going around. But it was like, um, it's sort of like kismet for you to have your book launch because your book is about a disaster, which happens actually in Russia. But it's the same kind of thing where a reporter, a journalist has to get the real news and he, he runs over there and then the rest unfolds. He has to report the truth and a mother and daughter are left to struggle with their very kind of uh, difficult relationship uh, because she's Russian, daughter is obviously American, Russian. But I love it you said it in San Francisco. So. Let's start, first of all, uh, why you made the, the, the place Russia, that the tragedy happens, and the mother Russian. Well, you know, I, um, there, well, there are a few reasons. Then, first of all, thank you so much for um, you know, just walking through those elements because really there were so many things that drew me to this topic. Um, and so we can, I'm glad we have this time to talk about all of them. But really the Russian part came to me, I lived in San Francisco for many, many, many years, and um, in many ways my heart is still there. I go back all the time um, to see it. But the neighborhood I lived in was an overwhelmingly immigrant neighborhood, um, primarily Chinese, Russian, and, um, and Irish immigrants, um, first, second generation families. Mm-hmm. And I would, I, you know, I ate at the Russian bakery, um, Ah, there comes the Russian bakery. All of those um, treats that I have in the book, I've um, I've eaten. (laughs) And they're absolutely delicious, right? They're so delicious. They're so pretty. They're these little works of art. Um, But I, you know, I would ride the bus every day to work, and for a long time there was this group of teenage girls, and um, they were all either first or second generation Russian-American. And I was just absolutely, you know, just... I loved listening to them and, and watching them every day on my commute. Some of them were studying ballet, so in the summer they would be in full, you know, oh, ballet um, uniform and gear. It was just really, you know, they were they were a delight to wa- to watch on my very long bus ride. So with headphones, thinking about what I was writing, and so later when I really wanted to, I wanted to write a novel about why journalists are so important, why they're heroes. And especially right now, I think in this day and age, journalists are as essential as doctors in so many ways. They, they risk their, their lives to witness and report. And really, especially in other parts of the world that are, you know, that are stricken by such, you know, either disaster or war or famine, um, it's a way that we can really get a first witness account of what's happening to other people um, in other countries, and so and we see that we see it. What's happening, you know, in the Middle East, and what's yeah. happening to journalists who are kidnapped, and you know, they really are risking their lives. So, what you portrayed in the book with Charlotte's dad um, getting, you know, being kidnapped, it, it's real. It is the real thing. It is what journalists go through. So, I really applaud you for. For giving journalists, a true journalists, a pat on the back, I really think that they're very deserving. Well, and thank you. And I, I, I really, um, I have great admiration 
um, for for folks who enter um, that field, the, just the whole entire profession. I mean, it doesn't pay well. It's a labor of love. No. It really, it really is. Um, I think just just something to be so respected and admired. And I really, I wanted to be a journalist. Like I. I was on my school paper. I um, went to college thinking I was going to study journalism, and I was terrible at it. I was so appallingly bad. Um, and I wanted to be a writer, but I just I had no interest in the facts. I was right. more interested in the story. And so I, I ended up... Well, you found your fiction. calling. You found I your did. calling. I took a fiction workshop, dumped my journalism major, and studied um, creative writing instead. And so that was, that was really, um, that was, you know, a great, a great opportunity to find my own voice, but at the same time, also, I just always had that admiration um, for what, you know, for what what reporters do, just to simply tell a story, and you're absolutely right, like, a, you know, Reporters Without Borders is this incredible organization um, that that tracks, you know, how journalists are compromised worldwide, and it, according to a report released last year, 348 journalists were detained worldwide, and then that's 6% more that were detained the previous year, and then since this year, since January, nine journalists have been killed reporting, and so it really is... Um, it's tragic. It's really, it's, yeah, it's, it's really very, very tragic. So I thought it's, that's certainly um, a dramatic um, plot, is to look at that. And the book is, so the book is very much about Jeremiah Lang, this newspaper reporter who specializes in covering natural disasters, just exactly what's happening right now and how, how Houston is ravaged. So he goes across the country and across the world um, to tell the more human side of these tragedies and trying to get people to stay interested a month after these, these storms or earthquakes happen. Um, and to talk about the, the rebuilding and the resilience of these communities and the resources that are needed. And he's doing that um, in U- the Ukraine in, after an earthquake. And Ukraine, unfortunately, is in a constant state, a perpetual state of conflict with Russia and um, with Russian separatists. And th- those borders are always up for debate, depending on who you talk to. And Jeremiah is taken hostage um, in Ukraine by Russian separatists. Um, and then back home in San Francisco, his wife, who he had met in Russia covering a flood years and years and years earlier, she was his translator. Um, she's left at home with his daughter, Charlotte, and Charlotte and her mom are not close at all. Yeah. They're, they're not strangers, but they're not close, and they are forced to to get to know each other all over again in the middle. Well, the dad is the glue in that relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the one that really is the glue, but it's not that the mother and daughter don't love each other. It's that it has a lot to do with her Russian background of just being a little bit more closed and not, you know, open with her feelings, et cetera. And so things are misread. So the way that you've woven it together with the bakery, uh, it to me was just, it was like a sweet, you know, it, it fed my sweet tooth <laughs> and oh, my heart. And it was like a sweet, it was like a letter, you know, a sweetheart. I mean, it was like candy. <laughs> Thank you. I really, I did a tremendous amount of research and it was important to me. Um, and I think that if I were going to talk about a culture in one way, I wanted to really dive deep through character too. Like, so it wasn't just a location where, this character went missing. It was also this whole family personal tie, and I wanted to explore it through 
through food and because the mom's a baker and also through folklore and really um, and really try to have to look at every side of it. And you're right, the, Charlotte and her mother, they love each other so much. They're just kind of lost. And need to, they just don't know how to, ex- yeah. they can't express it. But you just said the, the magic word there. I loved the folklore part because it seemed that because of the folklore and the stories and the books of, you know, all these sort of, um, what would you call them, legends, you know, these Russian legends, that was bringing them closer because Charlotte really did have those in her spirit, her soul. She really believed in them. It's who, it's who she is. I mean, it's, right. part, it's her heritage. It's her family. It's her, yes. you know, it's, it's really her, it's her whole lineage. And I love that you have these two characters who want to connect and don't really know how to. And when they do, they're pretty lousy at it. And they just try, it's, they try everything. They try to connect through food, through talking, through, um, you know, through watching, you know, watching bad TV. Mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah, all of it. And then also. Well, and then you also um, got in there when you said that you were in journalism, you know, in the school paper and everything. I mean, you actually have the whole bit about high school, which I love because being part of the school newspaper and being the photographer and, you know, and then Josh, kind of the 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 cool James Dean outcast guy. <laughs> That's how I pictured him anyway. Yeah. Is, you know, he just seemed, I really, I really, really liked him. But it's, uh, you have all of that woven in there because it's just so real for what teens are going through. I know, I think you're right. And I, I absolutely think you're right. And it's such a universal experience um, trying to figure out you know, not only what is our story, but how do we tell it? And, you know, Charlotte's forced to. Her dad's missing. She's trying really hard, you know, to get him back by any means necessary. She's creative. Um, but I think what's universal for all, all of us when we're teenagers is, you know, we have to figure out what's our story in the middle of all this. You know, the world, our families, everyone's telling us who to be when you're that age. And we have to figure it out on our own. And it's a pretty profound journey. And it's, we don't really go through that any other time in our lives than we do when we're teenagers. And I thought, you know, by wanting her to be in this, you know, kind of almost hero-worshipping, you know, have that. She just loves her dad. She loves him so much. But she's not a writer. She's visual. And how does she then make that her own? She's not going to be the same kind of journalist her father is. She has her own story. She's with, you know, this kind of Scooby gang of friends. How do, how do they come together and define that on their own? And I think that's such a liberating, amazing time in life. Um, I wanted to ask you, if you had that kind of relationship with your dad, did you have a hero worship with him? You know, Cause you know, I, I did with my dad. <laughs> I didn't. My parents got divorced when I was young and my dad moved away and I oh. barely saw him again. And what about with the, your mom? What about with you your know, mom? My mom was a really hardworking, um, super hardworking single mom, you know, kind of gave up everything, worked two jobs. Um, and so I have a lot of, you know, admiration and respect, respect. for how hard she worked. Um, but, you know, and I was always, you know, my, one of my sisters and I were always kind of twins in our, in the sense, we were only a year apart, but we, we always had similar interests and we're both, um, I, th- I think, super curious and I think we had each other, and then that, and I, we have a wonderful other sister. I don't mean to leave her out, um, but 
so that and tell me something real, which is about sisters. That even though those characters are nothing like me and my sisters, that bond right, is but really. It, familiar. But it was a bond of three sisters. It was the bond exactly, and we're nothing like those characters as people. But um, but this was truly right where you left me was truly fully in my imagination. Like I really observed and read and researched and honestly just would wonder what would it be like if my mother had been this person, if my father had been this person, mm-hmm. like what would that have looked like? And, um, and how do you tr- feel now that you've completed it? I mean, what do you, I, we, we talked a little bit off the air about the incredible, you know, you know, exhilaration of writing a book. It's like having a child, and if, if you haven't had a child, you don't, or you haven't written a book yet, yeah, you may no, not know. But, but how do you feel of the success of your characters now? Do you, did you fall in love with your characters I really did. Charlotte, um, Charlotte came very quickly to me as a character. Um, I understood her. I could see her. She's definitely a defined person in my mind. I mean, it, to be a writer in some ways, especially fiction, you're, you've got to be a little crazy. I mean, you have to be in the sense that these people are real to me. I mean, they're mm-hmm. obviously characters, but they're not me. Like, I am not Charlotte. I'm not her mom. I'm not, I'm not the teacher who's, you know, totally inspiring and super cool. I'm not that, I'm not that, I'm, they're not me. They are really, truly figments of my imagination. But, to but me, that's the cool real. thing is your imagination. Yeah, How cool, exactly. I mean, you really created these. You gave birth to these characters. Yes, and to hear people talk about them um, like they're real and either debate about them or be passionate about them or fall in love with them. I mean, it really is, it's such an amazing thing, and it is like having kids. I have two kids, and it really is having a book come into the world, especially because you can hold it in your hands when it's published, is the most exhilarating and amazing feeling in the world. And um, and something that I noticed, because this is my second book, and something I really became aware of with my first book with Tell Me Something Real, um, is that after a while, it doesn't feel like it's just mine anymore. Like, I'm always so excited when I see it in the bookstore. That thrill will never go away. But I'm Absolutely. also really aware that it's bigger than me now. It's um, bigger. It belongs to the world. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Kala Devlin. She is the author of um, Right Where You Left Me, which is her new book. And then her former book, well, which is also really new, just a few months old, is Tell Me Something Real. And they're both amazing books. And you've won awards already. But how hard was it for you to get published? You know, it was a long, it was a long journey. Um, it was. A it long is journey. always, yeah. It's, it's like yeah, trying it really to get is. pregnant. <laughs> it, it, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, the journeys were, they married each other. It was exactly. It's like you know, if you're getting older and you're trying to get pregnant, everybody says it's so hard. You know? It is. It's super hard. And um, and I so with my with tell me something real that started out as a collection of um of link short stories. Um, it honestly never occurred to me to write for teens. I, I went to grad school, got an MFA, always thought I would just write for adults. Frankly, no one had ever, you know, we never talked about writing for teens. And we did submit it as, you know, kind of a novel in stories. And it got, um, I came close with a couple big publishers, but every single editor rejected it with the same exact piece of feedback, which is um, 
make it a novel with one point of view because I had like six different points of view. I was so avant-garde. I was trying to that's tell the story interesting. by every angle. <laughs> yeah. so, that, so, so when you did, I mean, that's when you start, when you got picked up and then you won awards yeah. for it. My agent was incredible. She called me and said, Why do you, I want you to think about writing this as a young adult. You know, people really respond to your characters when you write them from a younger point of view. And I had read um, The Hunger Games and Twilight, and as an adult, that's the only YA I'd ever read. And, you know, I loved them, but I wasn't, you know, that's, those weren't the stories, the kinds of books I write. And so she gave me a list of books to read, and I, I read them, and then I promptly read, I would say, probably 50 more um, contemporary, realistic YA novels, mm-hmm. you know, all of the big ones that, mm-hmm. you know, that are, that are out now that I just have such deep admiration for. And when I read them, I was like, this is where I belong. It was, of course, like, this is, this is where, um, this is your where voice is, belong. your voice is yeah. there. And, but just, you know, what's yeah. interesting, you just said something that is so powerful because here at Be The Star You Are, we're a literacy charity and we always say, you know, read, lead, succeed, that's our motto. But I really believe in order to be a writer, you have to be a reader and you have to read just enormous amounts of books and all the time. And so, and that's what you did. I mean, you're just living proof of reading 50 books or more in the same genre that you decided to write in, and then it came to you. I think that you're absolutely right, and I get so inspired reading. Like I, There are just books where I fall in love with sentence after sentence, with characters. I'll, you know, I read um, We Were Liars by E. Lockhart, and I finished it, and I you know, just flip the book over and start it again because I was so <laughs> enthralled. With, it was so good, but then I had to flip it over and start over. Like, how did she do that? Like, oh. like, let's really look at how that happened because it was so brilliant. And she has a new book out um, as of yesterday, too. I can't wait to read it. Um, but it really is, you know, there, there are so many amazing books out there right now. And after I figured out my home, after that, it did come fairly easily. Like, I had to figure out how to write it, you know, that way, and I did. And I have, you know, I just have this amazing agent who, um, who understands always what I'm trying to do and really knows how to get the best out of me and then even more. And she's just and patient you and know, I read your, I always read the acknowledgments first. That's my, like, my favorite thing. And that was your first line in there to Faye Bender, how you just, and I could just tell that when you said she's, you know, my champion, my partner, my dream maker, you know, everything. So I could tell you have got an incredible agent that is totally on your, on your, uh, she's on your radar and you're on each other's radar. So you get each other and yeah. you probably, you make each other better. Uh, Kella Devlin's website is kellaDevlin.com, C-A-L-L-A-D-E-V-L-I-N. Her new book is Tell Me Something Real. So now do you have uh, a contract for more books or now is it just on to the marketing trail trying to get you know, t- book clubs and talking and all of that stuff, or what's next for you? I'm doing a little bit of both. I am, um, I wrote right where you left me very quickly, and so now what I'm doing is I am working on a new book. Um, I'm hoping to have something take shape in the next few months where it's solid enough to to really move forward. Um, and in the meantime... When you said, I, right, when you said quickly, how fast was quickly? A year. 
Yeah, well, that is fast. Because it, it I, I always think it's two to three years, you know, to get a book. Yeah, that's really fast. Wow. So I want to, yeah, I'd like the two to three years for this next one. And, um, and I have an idea, a really strong idea of what I want to do. And I'm, I've written a lot and it's beginning to, to really take shape. So I'll be, I'm working on that. And also I'm just trying to get the word out there about right where you left me. And I love, um, I love talking to students, high schools libraries, bookstores, um, so... If Any place, else, so, yeah, yeah, that people can contact you, and can. you can also, yeah, caladevlin.com, and you can also find her on Twitter, at caladevlin, Facebook, at caladevlin, Instagram, caladevlin, and you heard what she just said, she wants to talk to you, so make sure to contact her, caladevlin.com. Well, guess what, Cala, we are out of time, but I want to announce to my audience that you can, um, if you loved this interview, which I know you have you will be able to listen to her next week when she's going to be a guest again on our show for other young adults she'll be on express yourself teen radio next tuesday at noon so make sure to check out express yourself teen radio Kala, it has been an absolute joy speaking to you myself i absolutely loved right where you left me and I thought the title was so perfect because you set that up right in the beginning. And it's made me think about a, a lot of things. So congratulations. And I hope you get back to San Francisco many times because it's obviously you did leave your heart there. And I think that um, San Francisco is lucky to call you one of their, their writers. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I always love talking to you. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure. Caladevlin.com, new book, Right Where You Left Me. Make sure to visit her website because you will see everything that you need to know to get in touch. She has won um, the William C. Morris Award. She was a finalist for Tell Me Something Real. Lots more. Anyway, thank you all for being great listeners, allowing me into your life every week. Make sure you're here with me every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. That is live San Francisco time. For more information about Star Style Productions, visit CynthiaBryan.com. And please consider making a donation to help with Operation Hurricane Relief. Be the Star You Are is at the forefront of helping right now. Go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. BeTheStarYouAre.org and you can check out how you can make a donation. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, motivate you. And most of all, I want you to read a book this week and make it right where you left me by Cala Devlin. And until next week when we celebrate again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. Until next Wednesday, be good. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. 
Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.